I'm Michelle Schaefer, and you're listening to another episode of Sold Out Entrepreneur. I have a story to tell. I'm going to share how I went from a 16-year-old teen mom to millionaire, divorced with two kids, putting myself through school, and working multiple jobs just to make ends meet. The odds were certainly against me, but I never lost my hope, I never lost my faith, and I never lost my dream. I'm going to help you build your faith, have big dreams, and build big teams. Are you ready? Let's do this. Well, this is a really exciting podcast for me because this is my very first interview. And when I set out on this journey of podcasting, I actually asked my guest if he would be my very first interview. So it is an honor and a pleasure. He has Him and his wife have become great friends of our family. And we love to not only have fun with them, but work with them. He is soon to be a published author. He is an entrepreneur. He has a really interesting past, which I'm going to ask him about in a minute. He has a very, very successful network marketing business, as well as being what I'm going to go ahead and call, Zach, a a personal development guru. I really believe that you are um, an expert in mindset, helping people to shift that, helping people to really move forward with personal development. And so welcome everybody, my first guest, Mr. Zach Slobin. Yay, how exciting. And what a, um, I think the honor is all mine. What a gift. I know that this is something you've been talking about for a little while now and to see you put it into action is amazing. And I just know that what you're creating is going to make a massive impact on all the people that you're wanting to serve. So thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm so excited. I, I had to grab Zach because he's about to trek out of the country and be gone for over a month. So even with his very, very busy schedule, he, he sliced in some time so that he can just serve you guys and pour into you and we're going to have some fun here today. So this is going to be a very casual interview because we, like I said, we're friends. So there may be inside jokes that we don't share with you and you'll just have to bear with us. <laughs> or, we'll, or, we'll, or we'll bring you on the inside. To share <laughs> maybe some of them, maybe, maybe we can. It might be at other people's expense, but you know. <laughs> But that's usually what makes them fun. And Savannah's not in here with me, but if Savannah were sitting in here next to me while we are recording, she would have several inside jokes that she would want no one to be in on, but she'd want to laugh at them. Zach and his beautiful, beautiful wife, Eden, are Savannah, our youngest daughter's favorite two people to hang out with. Um, She has told me on many occasions that she likes them better than she likes me. And whenever we do events, her very first question is always, will Zach and Eden be there? So (laughs) that that really moves you up on the rankings. (laughs) We love her. Um, So Zach, I kind of wanted to start off with you. You have a really interesting background and you've done a lot of different things. And as we've gotten to know you, it seems like there's another piece that you share. And we're like, what? You've done that? (laughs) So would you just share a little bit of some of the things that you have done up to this point? Because there's kind of, there's a really big variety. Yeah, I uh, I always say that I've lived a lot of life in a very short period of time. I've lived a lot of life in a little bit of time. Um, man, so I guess I could really start um, probably when I was a kid in school. And it's kind of where I always kind of start this story with because I think it gives the context. 
it was that day at school, right? Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And everyone's like, I want to be a doctor, a baseball player, a ballerina, an astronaut. And I said, what about you, Zach? And I said, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I just know that I want to do a lot of things at one time. So I just knew that I was destined to be an entrepreneur. Uh, my first hustle, if you were, was uh, my brother and I, we had candy bar sales for school, right, to raise money for charity. And the candy bars were a dollar, and my brother and I sold them for $2. So <laughs> we marked them up by a buck. Um, so that, that's how I started. How old were you when you guys did that? I was like, I think I was like probably eight, eight years old. Maybe An eight-year-old capitalist. I love it. Yeah, something along those lines. Um, so that's kind of how I dove in. And then when I was 12, my stepfather, um, who's German and very kind of traditional, strict disciplinarian, like you've got to start working, was like, you need to have a job. So I went to work for him. He was a entertainment journalist. And so his job was to really just communicate what was happening in American entertainment to German newspapers. And this was before, this is hilarious to say this, this was before any kind of online storage or filing systems existed, or even really no one was using the internet really. So he would cut out all of his stories from the newspaper. And then my job was, if you could imagine a giant, you know, those old school giant filing cabinets, my job was to alphabetize all of these different stories. Um, so it was really cool in that it gave me some insight into what was happening in the world. That was at the time of the OJ Simpson trial. So Mm, that was really interesting. Uh, by the time I was 15, I had my first, uh, sales job working for a market research company. Um, that was before getting, that was right before, uh, that was right after I got fired from a toy store. I mean, I had every job you can imagine. (laughs) I think at one point I tried to do the math one time. I think by the time I was 25, I'd worked. I think something like 30 different jobs. <laughs> That's so, awesome. So yeah. were you unemployable already at 25? Uh, I've been, I think I've been psychologically unemployable since the day I came out of my mom. <laughs> okay. This is awesome. We're, we're getting somewhere. Okay. So at 25, you'd had 30 jobs. At least. And at least. that's more than most people in their lifetime. Yeah. 25, still a very young guy, probably had very big dreams and okay, so what's what's next then at 25? Well, let's re, uh, we'll rewind a minute. So I grew up as an as a highly competitive athlete in Los Angeles. You grew up in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. Yeah, I grew up in LA as a highly competitive athlete, and I really thought that I was going to be a pro athlete for years. And uh, when I got in college, when I got to college, I hurt my back, and that was it. My athletic career was basically over. And I really struggled. I struggled with um, bouts of depression. I dealt with a lot of um, unworthiness. I was really convinced that if I wasn't an athlete, then who was I? Um, so I started asking a lot of very deep existential questions. I really started seeking and asking like, if this isn't who I am, then who am I? Um, and that led me to kind of an alternative lifestyle, if you will, when it came to partying and drinking and doing that whole thing for a little while. Um, so by the time I graduated college, it was, you know, go get a job, do what you're supposed to do, right? My mom was like, you got to go get a job. And I was like, okay. And I actually went and worked in professional sports. And I was working for a professional soccer team. And I lasted there about seven months, which tied the record for the longest job I ever held. So that was pretty impressive. Um, But I remember the day I made the decision to leave that. And it was, um, I walked in the office one day, I was sitting at my computer and I kind of looked around the office and I just saw all of these people looked like robots. They looked like monkeys. 
And I looked at it and I said, there's no way I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. There's no way. So I moved to San Francisco. Um, I used the excuse of having fallen in love with a girl that I met at a party. <laughs> but I moved to San Francisco and I, and I got into um, consulting for real estate agents and mortgage brokers. And uh, one of my clients asked me to come work with her. She was starting a new company and she wanted me to help her with webs with, with kind of building her website and doing marketing and doing luncheon seminars and things like that. And we had an agreement. The agreement was that I would earn 10% of any deals that I brought in. And what we were doing at the time was something called um, indexed universal life insurance policies. So these policies were big ticket items. And uh, so I spent 10 months really building this thing from the ground up with her. And I'll never forget four days before Christmas she called me into her office and she said, hey, I want to write you a little bit of an advance to get you through the holidays. Now, I thought she was going to write me an advance for $2,000 because I had brought in a deal of, um, I, brought in a, I brought in a $2 million deal. So I was anticipating a $200,000 check. So I thought she was going to write me a check for a couple of grand while the paperwork processed this, that, and the other. And she started to fill out the check. I'll never forget. And she wrote two zero zero. And she stopped at 200. She slid the check across the desk and said, sorry, kid, you're out. Yep. Wow. Yep. And uh, that's, that was my first taste of entrepreneurship. Ouch. Yeah. $200,000 lesson. Oh my goodness. And how old were you? 24. 24 years old. 23, 24. Yes. Something like that. Okay. So then, I mean, I have some experience with something in, in that area. And so I know how I felt. And I, I went at, at that very moment into a bit of a state of shock. Mm-hmm. So what immediately, you know, you, you, she hands you the check, mm-hmm. you stand up. Do you say anything back to her? What's immediately after that? Well, me and all my bravado, I stand up, I take the check, I rip it up and I say, I don't need your money. Right. And I walk out thinking, no big deal. She doesn't realize what she's losing, blah, 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 blah. I'm the victim of this, yada, yada, yada. And then I went home and I, um, just in complete transparency, because that's how I am and you know that. Yep. I, uh, I, I went home and I, I smoked a ton of pot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I did. Well, I, 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 Numb it, out. It's how I coped. Yep. It's how I coped. And I went home and I went into a very, very, very deep depression. And uh, the reason I went in the deep depression is because I had had a lot of naysayers before I got into business with this woman. You should do right. steady. It sounds risky. You don't know her. So immediately there were all these thoughts of maybe they were right. Maybe I really messed up. Like, what do I do? This, that, and the other. And uh, this is where this was, it was such a pinnacle point in my life because my mom called me and she was like, how are you doing? And I was like, not great. And she said, look, why don't you just come home to LA, fly home for the weekend. Let's kind of figure out what you're going to do next. And I was like, that sounds good. And, uh, I always, I've always been a pretty big reader, but not of personal development at all. I'd never read any personal growth. I thought it was all like woo woo, like whatever stuff. (laughs) And, uh, I look at the, I look at my bookshelf and there's this book there and it's called ask and it's given by, uh, Esther and Jerry Hicks. And I start reading this book and it's all about the law of attraction and energy and what you focus on expands and how you create results. And I'm just absorbed in this book. It's just speaking to me. (laughs) And I'll never forget. I've told this story so many times and I still get, I still feel the feelings. I'll never forget the plane touched down at Burbank airport. I jolted awake because I'd fallen asleep. I jolted awake. And I remember feeling this overwhelming sense of calm. 
Like everything's going to be okay. It's all going to be good. And uh, I walk into my mom's house and she's like, how are you, honey? And I'm like, I'm great. Law of attraction. The universe has my back, like energy, the whole thing. I'm good. And she's like, okay. And I was like, don't worry about it, mom. I was like, I'm just going to go home. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to make some money and I'm going to figure it out. And so I did what I knew how to do. I flew back to San Francisco and I, I, got, a I got a job in a call center um, and I, I got a sales job. And this is where my network marketing career really actually started. So the very first day that I walk in that office, the sales manager looks at me and says, no joke, he looks at me and he says, you're not supposed to be here. You don't belong here. Because I think he could tell that I, that I was just kind of not where I, not, I wasn't the normal cast that would walk into that office. You weren't a robot. Yeah, I wasn't a robot and I wasn't, you know, a, a couple of different things. And uh, that guy just started talking to me and I started talk, telling him my story and he shared a similar story about kind of what had happened with him with an old partner and that's how he ended up in that call center. And uh, we just started talking. He was like, you should read this book, this book, this book. And he just started feeding me personal development. And, uh, and then, I mean, I can, I can stop or I can keep going. You tell me how you want this to go. No, I love it. Keep going. This, this, because what this is doing for everybody that's listening, if you have not already heard of Zach or been listening to Zach or been following him on social media or his Thrive Thursdays or anything, what you're hearing now is what really has set the stage for all of the things that he now can share to other people. I think it's important because a lot of times people, and you've seen this a million times, Zach, I know you have. Um, a lot of times people want to, they want to jump into these places of leadership. They want to jump into these places where they're teaching and training other people, but it, it, it's like, it's shallow. It's a shallow training. It, it goes flat. Like I can tell, I'm, I'll be listening to somebody in an audience on a training or on a video or something and it doesn't resonate with me. And I truly believe that the reason that at, that is, is because for some people, it's just words. And for some people, they're speaking literally from, from the very, like on a cellular level because of experience. So for you to share, this is the very beginning. And because of what you've learned through these experiences, it's why you're such a phenomenal trainer, a personal development coach and mentor for people. So please go on. Thank you. Um, so one day he says to me, he says, Hey, he goes, he goes, we got to get out of here, man. He goes, there's this opportunity. Um, I want you to come take a look at it with me. He goes, you drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. I need your opinion on the product. Will you come with me down to San Jose next week? And I said, sure. Because him and I had formed a very, very close relationship. And uh, I said, sure. So we go down to San Jose, California. I sit down around this boardroom table. All these guys are like in there, like really nice suits, their alligator shoes, the whole deal, right? And they start talking about, this amazing coffee from seven different countries in Africa. And we had a tasting of the coffee and it was amazing coffee. And they go and we're going to, we're going to distribute it using network marketing. And I had this force field go up around me that said, not for me. I'm a normal entrepreneur. I start real businesses. And I had a story about network marketing. I had a story about network marketing because I watched my dad try and do network marketing after my mom and him divorced. And I watched him go around trying to sell ridiculously dumb products. Like one product was soap that dissolved into a plastic toy. So when a kid was done taking a bath, that's what they had. <laughs> just junk, right? And I just didn't think it was real. I didn't think it was a real business. And the guy pulls me aside that day. He saw my body language. He saw me slink down into my chair. 
And a guy named Daryl pulls me aside that day and he goes, listen, son, just like he goes, listen, son, he goes, you don't realize this yet. He said, but you have the potential to be one of the most powerful networkers I've ever met in my life. He said, go home and do your research on the network marketing profession. And if you really get what this is all about and you still don't think it's for you, then no big deal will part as friends. And I said, that seems fair enough. So I go home and I start doing my research on the good, the bad, the ugly. And I came across a couple of different things that really that just turned my light bulb on. One thing was I saw a video by a guy named Tim Sales called Brilliant Compensation. Yep. For anyone that's listening, go find it and go watch it. And I really understood the leverage that could be created in network marketing. I understood the value that could provide in people's lives in network marketing. I understood that it was really, if you had a good product or service, it was really an incredible way to create an income stream um, to create long-term sustainable wealth. But more than that, what I saw was I saw a statistic, and I don't know if it's true or not. I've just always believed it is. It makes sense to me. I saw a statistic that said that the divorce rate in the United States would be reduced by um, 50% with an additional three to $500 a month brought into the household. And I was like, wow. So basically had my dad found network marketing when he was still married to my mom and just been able to make an extra $500 a month, there's a good chance they would have stayed together. Mm. Uh-huh. Cause there was it, cause the number one reason that they divorced was financially finances, which is the number one reason of so many people's stresses and relationships. Right. So I looked at it and I said, wow, this is really a way for me to keep my, you know, this is really a way for me to help, families stay together. So that was my first why. Wow. That was my first. That's super powerful. You, I mean, immediately you were kind of forecasting, I I would say your future, because obviously you can't go back and create something different for your parents, but you were already like forecasting for your own future. And then for so many other families, that's really, that's awesome, Zach. Thank you. Yeah. So that, that was that was my very first why. And to this day, it's what gets me out of bed every morning and has me continue working, quite frankly. Um, you know, and from there, like that company was fascinating. It was a really interesting experience. It lasted a whopping six months. Uh, <laughs> until Long our, term. Yeah, until the CEO took off with the money. Uh, and once again, I was flat on my back with everybody saying, like, I told you to stay away from that thing. It's a, it was a pyramid scheme. Yeah, the product was good, but it was too expensive. You got to go get a real job. The whole thing, you know? And uh, my ex at the time was like, that's it. She's like, no more of this entrepreneurial stuff. Like, I'm not going to stick by you if you keep doing this. Like, you've got to get a real job, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, all the meanwhile, just side note, I was playing poker um, to supplement my income almost full-time as well. Okay. So just a second, as I was, I'm excited that you brought that up because I want, I was going to ask you about it if you didn't. So you were for a period of time, a professional poker player. Yeah. Yeah. And so this was out of necessity, out of boredom. How did that kind of happen? Probably all of the above. It was, I mean, I learned how to play poker in college. Um, I instantly was very, very good at it. And, um, I just saw that I could make some quick, easy money doing it, you know, and there were times when I was broke where I could take 20 bucks and turn it into four or $500 that would last me, you know, a week or two, you know what I mean? Um, So that's kind of how it started. And I just never wanted to work a desk job. So like every time that I was broke or people were like, you need to go get a job. Every time I'd go online to like look on Craigslist for different sales job, this, that, and the other, I just got (laughs) sick, you know? And I was like, well, if I could just grind out, you know, two to $400 a day at the card room, like, 
that's a really good living while I work on projects or whatever it is. So I just, I hustled. That's awesome. And just for everybody listening, a quick little side note, Zach did teach my daughter who at the time was 13 years old, how to play a mean game of poker. It's not my fault that she's innately <laughs> what it takes to be a solid poker player. Yes, she loved it. And I believe at the end of the night, it was just you and her at the table. I think you guys lasted out everybody else. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're supplementing your income. Um, Your girlfriend says, get a real job. Yep. So I go on Craigslist. I've been looking for a job. I really legitimately am looking for a job and I come across a post on Craigslist and I know it's a deal. I know it's an opportunity. I know because I can tell by the copy and I look at it and I go, don't click on that link. Don't click on that link. And I click on that link. And sure enough, it's an opportunity. And I I submit my resume to it because that's what they'd asked for. And I get a call the next day. um, And it was a day that would forever impact my life because of who was on the other end. And there was a a woman named Shannon, Shannon Burke. And Shannon starts talking to me about real estate investing combined with direct sales and this, that, and the other. And her and her, her, at the time they were just engaged. They're married now, two beautiful kids. Um, it's, it's, you know, they're making all kinds of money. And I was like, Hey, is this X, Y, Z company? And she's like, yeah, it is. You've heard of it. And I was like, I have, listen, I know that it's a $20,000 buy-in. I'm dead broke. I have to get a job. This makes no sense for me. I don't want to waste your time, but let me ask you a couple questions. So I just started asking her questions and she said to me, she said, you know, Zach, she said, I've never had anyone ask me the kinds of questions that you're asking me. She said, there's something different about you. She said, we're flying up to the Bay Area. They lived in Orange County at the time. She said, we're flying up to the Bay Area uh, next week, the following week, to do a presentation with some friends. Will you just come meet us? There's just something about you that's different. Will you just come meet us? And I said, yeah, but I have no money. You have to understand that. She's like, I don't care. She goes, just come meet us. And I was like, okay. So I went and met her and I saw the presentation. It was exactly what I thought it was. It was 20 grand. After the meeting, they're like, so are you one, two or three? I'm like, I'm a one, but I'm broke, you know? And uh, they're like, it's all good. Why don't you meet with us tomorrow and we'll have lunch? And I was like, okay. So we met for lunch and, um, you know, we're just talking. And I was like, look, you guys are amazing. Yes, it sounds great, but I, I'm just, I'm broke. I have no money. You know, I, ha- I cannot afford it. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. And they said, well, why don't you sleep on it? And I was like, okay, I'm going to sleep on it. And when I wake up, I don't think I'm going to have 20 grand in my bank account. Right. <laughs> so they called me two days later and they're like, where are you at? And I, and for two nights I couldn't stop sleeping because it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen at that point. And, uh, I was like, well, I can't sleep. I can't stop thinking about it. I say, I'm like 95% of the way there. I'm 95% of the way there finding a way to find the money to do this with you guys. And they're like, great. What's the missing 5%. And I said, Shannon, Ryan, which is her husband's name. I said, I got to know that this is real. I got to know that people are actually making the kind of money you're saying that they're making. I got to, I got to know that the training is real, that the products, you know, that the the product offering is legitimate. Like I was like, I can't put my name on anything else. I was like, I've just been too beat up over the last couple of years. They said, and they said, hang up and call you back in an hour. I said, okay. So I hang up the phone. They call me back an hour. Ryan says, check your email. I was like, okay, I checked my email and there was a flight. There was a flight booked for me from Oakland airport to Newport beach. They said, we're having a Saturday training. We want you to come down stay at our home with us and be our guest. And I was like, you guys understand. I was like, I don't want you to invest in me. I was like, I, I, I mean, I get it. I was like, I still don't have 20 grand. And like, you don't, they're like, you don't understand. They're like, we know, we know about you. We know what you can do. And I was like, okie dokie. So I went down there and I saw the whole thing. And I met some of the other leaders in the company and 
I called my ex at the time and I was like, I got to do this. And she's like, you don't have $20,000. And I was like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'll figure it out. <laughs> and I did. Good answer. I raised 20 grand. I raised 20 grand. I got into that company. And this is an important part. Over the next 10 months, I made almost a quarter million dollars. However, I went about four and a half months making no money whatsoever. So I was 20 grand in the hole, making no money, playing poker to kind of make ends meet until everything really clicked. Well, that company was going great until the real estate market crashed. Uh, and this part of the story, I think you've heard, Michelle, but um, my ex and I blew through all of our, all of our liquid cash because I was 26 years old making ridiculous money. Uh, we were engaged to be married and two weeks after the save the date cards went out to our, for our wedding, um, she really started in on me. She's like, I can't live like this. You need to get a real job. Who do you think you are? You've got to stop living in fantasy land. You're a joke. My parents were right about mm. you. Um, you know, this is what you should do. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget the day where I looked her in the eyes and I said, I'd rather die than live the life that you or anyone else thinks I should live. So if you need to go, then you should go. And, uh, she went, you know, um, a week later I was living on my mom's couch, dead broke, uh, scraping for change. Uh, I was borderline suicidal for several months. Um, it was a scary, scary, dark, dark time in my life. And, uh, in hindsight, the most important time of my life, obviously, because of what it's led me to. So, you know, fast forward. And after that, I started two more businesses. One was successful for a little bit. Another one wasn't. Um, eventually I was like, you know what, maybe I should just get a real job. And I did, I started working in the fitness industry because it was mindless and it was easy. And then I met Eden. I met Eden and she said, this is not who you are. She said, we've got bigger plans for you. God has bigger plans for you. I've got bigger plans for us. Like, let's go do something together. And uh, now here we are, you know, a couple of years later. And it's just, yeah, every time I tell the story, I'm like, really? <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It's it's kind of, I mean, I know you you really kind of compressed it, but it's a lot of stuff for somebody so young. I mean, really, that's a lifetime of stuff already. And you're, you know, you're still in your 30s. You and Eden are still in your 30s. It's very which again, like I said earlier, it is part of what has really enabled you to number one, be as successful as you are because you're a risk taker. You've taken, you took more risks by the time you were 22 than some people do at 26 than some people do in their whole lives. And that's, that's something, if you're listening to this and you know, you're hearing this and maybe you relate, maybe you don't relate, but, but I'd like you to really, really like take that into your heart. He took big risks and the return sometimes was big, sometimes it wasn't, but, but it really is the act of taking that step that, you know, you could say walking by faith or, you know, whatever, it, whatever it is, that some, that internal thing that tells you, I have to do this because I can't do that. That's a, that's a big deal. And so, okay, I want to fast forward because I, I do know, um, I do know the rest of this particular story. And so I know that you and Eden met and you were not in network marketing and you kind of accidentally, you know, started taking a product that had a great result on you. You shared it with Eden specifically because of the result and you shared nothing with her about the opportunity. And she ended up kind of almost accidentally finding out that this product that she loved was in network marketing. Yes. So I, I, I tend to want to ask you, it's, it's either, it's either one or the other, either. Why did you finally settle in 
on a career in network marketing? Or why did network marketing settle in on you? Because I, I tend to think that it picked you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more that it picked me than I picked it. I yeah. tried really hard to stay away from network marketing. Um, after everything came crashing down, I, I committed. I was like, I'm retiring from network marketing. Uh, you couldn't pay me to join a company. And I was offered. Companies tried. I was offered money, cars, positions, deals, the whole thing. And I said no to everything. And I said no to everything because I really was convinced that, not that the business model didn't work. I was just convinced that the people that were working in the business model didn't work. And it just wasn't okay for me anymore. I just didn't want to do it. I didn't have the energy. I didn't have the emotional capacity to do it. So yeah, when I met Eden, like the products I was using, I didn't want her to know that it was a network marketing company. I didn't want her to judge <laughs> me for it. I didn't want her to think I was some weird guy that was in these things, you know? Um, I didn't want her to have a clue. It was really that... When I saw Eden do what she did with our opportunity in a very limited period of time with zero experience whatsoever, it reminded me of what was possible for people. It, was, it reminded me of the even playing field that network marketing creates. It reminded me of, here's a woman who was a high school dropout you know, that had the ability now to earn you know, a multiple six-figure income, and I just saw it again, and I just, it's kind of like... I talk about this a lot and I think you've seen me present on this, Michelle. It's like in the matrix when, you know, Morpheus presents the red pill or the blue pill. It's like, if you take the red pill, you go back to your life the way it was. If you take the, if you take the, you know, the, the blue pill, like you get, you stay in the matrix, you can create whatever you want. Well, it's the same thing with network marketing. Like when you take that blue pill and you really understand the business model and you really understand the impact it can have on people's lives and you really get what it can do for your life and the lives of so many people. When you find the right vehicle when you find the right opportunity, like, yeah, you can't stay away. You just can't. I tried. Yeah, so did we. <laughs> I, I relate very, very much. And, you know, Bobby, we've been together for 17 years now. And um, he, as much as he tried just to go go straight, <laughs> for, for lack of a, of a better terminology, and start traditional businesses, which he did a handful of times just since he and I had been together, it was like network marketing it was calling him yeah. and, and a similar, similar story. I mean, I think what kind of got him back a little bit, like feeling that passion again was watching me, the newbie mm -hmm. get so excited about it and have tremendous success. And it was, it was a very similar kind of engagement process for, for him again, because when I got into network marketing, he owned a mortgage company. And he was like, yeah, you know, good luck. Kind of like you with Eden. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's not exactly how I was. I was like, I'll support you, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sure you're just caught up in the hype. You know? <laughs> and, you know, as the story goes, Zach and his wife, Eden, are multiple, multiple six-figure earners, if not this year, seven-figure earners, um, helping thousands of people to create uh, just not only products, transformations because of the products that they offer, but massive, wild, life-changing financial transformations. I, I happen to know Zach, Zach and Eden and uh, Bobby and I are in the same company. So, and we do a lot of things together. So I know a lot of the people on Zach and Eden's team. I happen to know Zach. That this is it's going to choke me up. Try not to cry on the podcast, but I happen to know, you know, your original thing that excited you about network marketing, keeping families together. I happen to know specifically on your team of one family that because of the income that they're earning with isogenics, they are together and they would not have been. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty we, powerful, isn't it? It's, it's, it's amazing. And I think, I, I mean, I know who that family is and uh, there's a couple of them actually, there's a couple of them. So to know that, um, to know that I'm fulfilling really what I'd set out to do 11 years ago now is, you know, 
it's amazing. It's, it's awesome. It's so awesome. Okay. I'm going to shift slight gears because um, one of the things that you are very, very quickly becoming known for is not just your success in this profession that we love. I would say love to hate, but we don't hate it. We really love it. You only were pretending to hate it, but you loved it really on the inside. You've always loved it. Yep. Um, but, but one of the things that you have become very much known for is your ability to help people with personal development and mindset. And I, I just, if you wouldn't mind, I talk about it a lot on my podcast. I talk specifically about mindset a lot um, because I think really it's it's where everything starts. But can you just share with people, you know, this is a different perspective. This is a, a man talking to you, you know, you're, and I'd like for you to just share with people that are listening, why is, why is personal development such a major component in building, well, any business, but specifically network marketing? Uh, that's a great question. I think ultimately, because at the end of the day, if you're, if we're talking, if we're niching into network marketing, people join people, people don't join companies. They don't join comp plans. They don't join products. They don't join card programs or any, or iPad giveaways. That's not what people do. (laughs) People join people. And so the person who you show up as in the world is going to determine the types of people that you attract into your organization and into your life. And so if you're not willing to become kind of a guiding light for people, then how would they ever know? How would they ever know that you're the way out of those dark stormy seats? Um, I think that I put a post on on Facebook yesterday that most people have the same challenges that they face because they continue to think that those challenges are about them. And I am wholeheartedly convinced that that, that 90% of the reason that I've experienced all the challenges, all the pain, all the heartbreak, all the months of being broke, scraping for change, being borderline suicidal, all the anxiety, all the stress, all the naysayers, all the haters, I am 90% convinced that that was all for other people so that I could do what you're saying, which is turn around, reach my hand back out and say, yes, the waters are choppy. Yes, the road can be scary. And here's how you move through it. But the only way, the only way that that was possible was by me going to work on me because I have a firm belief that the first step in transforming our lives in any capacity, that step one is being willing to acknowledge the ways in which we've contributed to the results that we currently have. I believe in a hundred percent accountability and a hundred percent responsibility that my life is my choice. And so if I believe that to be true, then I get to choose what goes into my mind, what goes into my heart, what comes out of my mouth, what goes into my eyes and what gets let into my ears. And so that's why I think personal growth is so important because it really helps us evolve into with the, you know, forgive me for sounding cliche, it allows us to evolve into the highest version of ourselves of who we truly are and who God designed us to be. I, uh, one of the things that I say specifically about this profession that I love so much is that network marketing, if you allow it to, will help you to become the very best version of yourself. Because if you stick around in the profession long enough, if you're partnered with the right people who are teaching you the, the very things that Zach is talking about here, 
they will they will not be teaching you just about compensation plans and products. <laughs> that is such a small piece of the equation here. It's the ti- it's the tiniest percentage of the equation. But true leaders know exactly what Zach is saying, and the ones that become the legendary leaders, the the seven figure earners, the ones that you know people in other companies are talking about, um, are, are the ones that know this very very philosophy that that your your business growth hinges on your personal development. It hinges on you continuing to evolve, become the best version of yourself, and then literally passing that on down to the people into your team. And, and, but it, and, and then we don't have to look far to understand that, that personal growth is what creates results throughout all of mankind. You're a very faith-based person, right? What Jesus taught was personal growth. Yep teaching compassion and grace and love. Those are the fundamental elements of personal development. So learning how to treat ourselves that way first so that we can then go out and treat others as others the same way. That was Jesus's mission. That was where he was going to make his impact. And he knew that. So all of his teaching, if, if you really look at it, all of his teaching is the same stuff that we're learning in personal growth today. That's why I always joke that Jesus was the greatest networker of all time, right? Like yeah, it was 12, he was. He had his 12 frontline apostles. <laughs> <laughs> yep, started with 12 now he's got millions started with 12 right now he's got millions like you know and it's but but you look at you look at martin luther king and the letters that he used to write to himself the work that he used to do you look at gandhi you look at the buddha you look at any master any influencer in our lifetime that's really made a positive impact their number one focus was how can I grow today? How can I be better today? How can I get closer to the realization of what God made me today in this moment? And how can I do it in a way that's filled with compassion, that's filled with joy, and that's filled with grace, and that's filled with tranquility and harmony? And the more we can do that, the more we can become that person, the more people look at us and go, I don't want your weight loss. I want that. Yep. I want the, I want how grounded you are. I want your confidence. I want your courage. I want your demeanor. I want your certainty. I want your essence. Your peace, your mm-hmm. joy. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Yes. All of it. It's so good. And really, I mean, because of that, because of what you've experienced, because of what you've learned personally, you're not even, it's not even that you're trying to do it. It's just the natural outward expression of what you've learned. And so, so often in my podcast, I try to explain and and share with people because as human beings, we do everything that we can to avoid conflict and pain. Literally, we, we spend our lives avoiding and doing things, taking actions, saying certain things because we don't want to have pain or conflict. But it is the very thing. The pain and the conflict is the very thing that has created in me personally and, and what you're saying to everybody today on the podcast. It is the very thing. The, the lowest of the lows, the worst pain is what created the foundations for you to reach such tremendous levels of success. So, um, you know, we could do, Zach, I told you we weren't going to have trouble going 30 minutes here. I don't know how long it's been, but we could talk for hours. If you could do me a favor and for everybody that's listening, could you just give like, a final, a final word, a final thought, um, you know, one, maybe the first step, um, in, in the personal development journey for people, a a starting place, because even though people say they're into personal development, you and I both know really 
they probably aren't there because they're looking all outside of themselves, right? And so if you could just share maybe in one like closing piece for people to take the first step to really getting there. So the first thing, so first step is to understand something very, very important. And that's this, Uh, a seminar is not going to change your life. A book's not going to change your life. An event's not going to change your life. This podcast is not going to change your life. Sitting at home all day and meditating is not going to change your life. None of those things are going to change your life. None of them. All of those things can operate as conduits and catalysts for you to transform your life. But ultimately, ultimately, your choice to take action upon the things that you are learning is the only thing that will ever change your life. That's the most important thing I want you to know when it comes to personal development. You could read all the books in the world. You can listen to a hundred podcasts a day, but if you're not taking action, if you're not taking action on the things that you're learning, then you're basically just a library sitting full of old dusty books. So that's the most important thing. Like I think that there's a big myth and a big unfortunate predatory kind of world that exists within the personal development industry that just says, oh, here, just take my course, just buy my system, just do this, just do that. And you're going to be a millionaire tomorrow where you'll have peace and joy and blah, 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 blah. And that's a bunch of BS. Like ultimately it's on you. You've got to take action. Um, that's, that's the first thing. The next thing is that I just, I really always encourage people to be um, on fire and I spell fire F-I-Y-R and that's firm in your resolve. Stay firm in your resolve. If you don't have haters, you're not making enough noise. So you might as well <laughs> embrace the fact that there are people that are talking about you. People are going to talk about you anyway, so you may as well give them something worth talking about. I really believe in that. And then the other thing I really believe when it comes to your naysayers, when it comes to your doubters is this, and I say it all the time, is that haters are just dreamers that are stuck in a nightmare. Haters are just dreamers that are stuck in a nightmare. So go to work on you so that you can show those people what's possible in their lives. So you don't do it to spite them. You do it to inspire them. That's what I would say. Awesome. Thank you very, very much. I'm so excited about all the incredible things that are happening for you in Eden, both personally and in business. Um, It's just, I'm so grateful that, that God brought you guys into our lives and we get to do so many awesome things together in our company and that you guys are our friends outside of the company. And, you know, we have to plan another family vacation here, but you guys are traveling all over the world. So we're gonna have to wait till your, your travels slow down. Yeah. And, and I am, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of reluctant to plan anything else without um, upsetting Savannah because I know that <laughs> she's not invited or it's not that she's not invited. That just doesn't make sense for her to come. She gets upset with us and I don't want to upset Savannah. She uh, heard you guys talking about Greece and she looked over at me like, we're not going with them to Greece. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, uh, but no, but we, we, we love you guys. And you know, that's the other thing is for those of you guys that are listening, you attract amazing people into your life when you become attractive in your life, you know, and that's what you, you and, um, Bobby have meant to Eden and I, you guys, your, your wisdom, your experience, your, your willingness to accept us with open arms. Um, and the fact that you write a cute little note on that chalkboard in your guest bedroom for us every time we come <laughs> stay over. Um, I just love you guys. <laughs> Thank you so much. I know people are going to really just get so much out of this. I appreciate you taking time out of your very, very busy schedule and uh, keep your eyes on him. Zach Slobin. Thanks so much, Zach. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. 
If you feel that other people would benefit from it, please share it. Make sure to like our page on Facebook, Sold Out Entrepreneur, and like us on Instagram, Sold Out Entrepreneur. Until next time. 